0: This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time, from RelicRadio.com. This week on The Relic Radio Show, our hour of radio drama begins with the Zero Hour. We'll hear Mind of the Beholder, their story from May 21st, 1974. After that, it's The Whisperer and Into Each Life. That story aired August 19th,
1: 1951. I'm Rod Serling. You're listening to the Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. Today, Kim Weisscroft's sidelong glance at a small town entanglement. Mind of the Beholder. Starring Lyle Wagner. Mutual Broadcasting System presentation of the Zero Hour.
2: Brought to you by the Ford Motor Company, beach Nut Chewing Tobacco, Shenley Industries, Matush Wine, and Kodak. This is the Zero Hour on Mutual Radio.
3: Here's a man who knows everything about everything.
4: When it's 4 a.m. in Philadelphia, what time is it in Rome?
2: At 4 a.m. That's Rome, New York, of course. <laughs> uh, hello, Mr. it
4: How long is the Orinoco
3: River? It dried up six days ago then how long is the dried-up Horadoka River bed? 18 miles, without the headboard. Hello, Mr. Know-it-all. Yeah, what is the weight of the Eiffel Tower? In tourist season, about 20 minutes. Hello, Mr. Know-it-all. What station wagon outsells all other wagons, big or small? Uh, uh... The Pinto wagon. Well, I didn't know that. And when it comes to resale value, based on a national average of NADA prices, both one- and two-year-old Pintos return more of their original sticker prices than Vega or VW. You know, I didn't know that either. Well, now that you know, stop in at your local Ford dealer. Over the last five years, Ford dealers have sold more small cars, cars with wheelbases of less than 112 inches than any other single group of dealers in America. Come see your local Ford dealer, He's Small Car Headquarters. Hello, Mr. Dano, a few things.
1: You can't go home again, is a well-worn phrase, but at nonetheless. Ellen White had left her hometown several years ago to seek fame and fortune. And now she returns to find her own town is turned against her. Why should this be? All she's done is change her name and become a movie star. Now she's called Bernadette Blue. Our story is called Mind of the Beholder. Are
3: we going to let these immoral smut fiddlers find a home in Middle Point? No, we're all regular, clean-minded folks with kids today, and we don't want no dirty moving pictures. Do we? Just because she drew up here doesn't mean that Bernadette Blue is still welcome. Am I right? Uh, Sarah uh, Peters, you've got to do something or we're going to have a riot on our hands. No nah, worries, Smiley. I'm here to protect the people, even if it's only from themselves. Well, can't you do something about this insensible fellow? Everything was fine till he came to town picking up a fuss about what I show in my movie house. Now, now folks, it's all riled up looking for a fight. There ain't going to be no fighting as long as I'm sheriff, I can tell you that. I say when she gets here, We run her right out of town We don't want her
5: or her kind That'll be enough of that That'll be enough of that All right,
3: hold it down that's all quiet, everybody. This meeting's over. You can't take the law into your own hands. will do your job. That's what I am doing. Mr. Sensible, you've got an illegal rally going on here. Either you break it up or you're going to jail. You can't do that. Folks, go on home. We can't act like vigilantes just because somebody you may not like comes to the town. If you want to have a meeting, have one. But not on the streets. That's what town hall is for. Now, come morning, you can have your meeting. Get back. Get back, everyone. Hey, you Oh, it's so good to be home. Clear the way. Ah, Clear we'll, 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 we'll the way. We'll miss you getting Let me wagon. through here. Sure. I'm Manny Tucker. Well, get in the wagon. Go home, everyone. Right. Yeah, Thank you all for coming. Well, what about the limousine? Oh, I'll follow.
4: Me. Well, Manny, what do you think of my hometown?
3: I think we're crazy to come here if you really want to know. I'm uh, Sheriff Peters. Uh, Oh? Folks were a little excited back there. (laughs) We we ain't used to having celebrities in Middle Point. Yeah. Well, if I'd known there was going to be a lynch mob, I'd have brought along a camera crew.
4: (laughs) Well, you would say of that, Manny.
3: You'll be staying at the hotel, I take
4: it? No, no. We're planning on staying with my folks.
3: Oh, well, uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Whitehead are out of town just now.
4: They Uh, are? But they knew I was coming. I wrote to them.
3: Well, they they thought it might be best to take a short vacation, and uh, that's what.
4: They're ashamed of me.
3: No, no, no. They're not ashamed, exactly.
4: No matter. I still have my house key.
5: Go ahead, Manny. Offer.
3: Are you putting me on? No. Well, I guess that's it. Your luggage's on the porch. Uh... What's this?
4: Oh, don't tell me you've never seen a twenty-dollar bill. Keep it. For
3: what? Oh, don't force a man.
4: Well, I give it to him. No, no,
3: no, no, no! I can't take that. People might get the wrong idea. But I'm going inside. Hurry!
4: Such a rich man. He's the worst cheapskate I've ever seen. The chauffeur makes more than some of the actors.
3: Well, Miss Blue, I, I hope you enjoy your stay in Middle Point. I'd best be getting on back. Wait,
4: now. wait! Uh, aren't you Al Peters? Didn't you have a kid brother, Paul? We went to high school together. I uh, I was little Ellen Whitehead then. You look a little like Paul.
3: Yeah, uh, Paul's dead. Uh, he got killed overseas. Oh, I'm so sorry. Here, take it. If I have to put it in your pocket, I will. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll take it. Good. I'm
4: glad. Um, We'll be coming to town tomorrow to see the sights. Manny has to meet with a picture show man anyway. Maybe uh, I'll drop in and see you. Well, I. I'll uh, do it first thing, night, sheriff. Uh, yeah. Uh,
3: you, you mind if I ask you something kind of personal? Oh, feel free. Well, all those things you do in your movies, uh, well, you, you don't really. I, I mean, uh, it's fake, isn't it? Uh,
4: <laughs> no, sheriff, it's real, every frame. Oh. Uh. Good night.
3: Uh, yeah. Uh. Good night.
5: Rosé is any kind of wine you want it to be. It's a picnic wine, a candlelight wine. Just try some and see how much rosé feels at home on a yacht, a backpack, motorhome,
1: whatever you got. But rosé, you'll like it a lot. Try.
2: This is a rosé wine imported from the old world to go with everything
6: good. It has a light, easy-to-like taste, so it makes good food even better. Good people friendlier. and good times, well, just try some and see. Try some and you see. Imported by Dreyfus Ashby & Company, New York, New York. To be any kind of wine you want it to be.
3: Called Women Against Salacious Pornography, or WASC. Uh, Let's welcome Ms. Constance
4: Phillips. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be <clears> here. <throat> it's good to be here. When Mr. Sensibah contacted my organization, I knew I had to come here to your town to raise the real issue that's at stake in this onslaught of degeneracy and breakdown of our basic moral fiber. Now that, of course, is a blatant and utter exploitation of women in these films. The men who make these movies cater exclusively to other men. Men's fantasies. Men's ideas of women's fantasies. And it is these men in pursuit of the almighty dollar who perpetuates the attitude in this society that women are merely toys to be played with. It is my firm belief that if women Throughout the country, we take a united stand.
3: Uh, I think you're missing the point here. I'm not finished. Yes, you are. Just who do you think you are? Oh, please, do this my way. Look at your audience. They don't know what you're talking about. You've got to speak their language. What? Talk about laundry detergent and rug cleaners? Please trust me. Well, you invited me. Let me say what I have to say. These people are like children. If you don't say what they want to hear, they'll tune you out. <laughs> Look, I'm on your side. Oh, the hell you are. You're as bad as the others. Why don't you wake <laughs> up? Ladies, ladies, ladies and
2: gentlemen,
3: ladies and gentlemen right. we seem to be
2: having a bit of a misunderstanding.
5: No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sit down. Hey, come on.
2: Come Wait! Order! Order! order. Uh, our next speaker came all the way You pro- can't cut me off like all that! All the way from... You sexist pig! Lady, you're out of order. Order. order!
5: Our next speaker! Our next speaker!
3: You know what you're going to do with that gavel? Our next Lady, sit down! What's going on at town hall? You want to go see? I don't think we should right now. Uh, feelings have run a little high. Oh, it's about me, isn't it? Well... Yes. Cause.
4: Everyone in town feel the same way About me, about
2: what I do
3: Well, I, I can't speak for everybody
2: How do you feel?
3: Who, me? Oh, uh, I don't know you seem like a nice enough gal You sure are pretty, I can tell you
6: that
4: well, That's not what I mean I don't know what I
3: mean
4: I, I just feel like a freak That's all
3: Now, hold on a minute
4: I went to Hollywood to be in the movies I, I always wanted that you know, to be an actress? Well, now I am. I don't make that much money, but it's a lot more than I was making being a waitress. No, you don't have to explain. I, I want to.
3: All right.
4: Well, it all started one night when a girlfriend of mine introduced me to... men.
3: Have a seat, Mr. Tucker. I thought maybe you'd have a bed in your office. (laughs) No, 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 no. We're all business here. (laughs) Hey, you got a pretty full house downstairs for matinee. Oh,
6: yeah, it's like that all the time. Mill rats, you know. Most everybody around here works the trees one way or another, day and night. So I schedule my
3: starting times according to when the ships change. Hey, that's smart. Uh, That's business. (laughs) Right. That's the name of the game. We were just about going under till you came along. You know, the other theater in town was getting all the big movies. Got some deal going with the distributor. Distribution, that's the name of the game. Uh-huh. I make them, I know the market. Rich theaters to the book and ship out the prints. Yeah. <laughs> you show them, people come, we make money, everyone's happy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least everybody was till that Sensible fella blew into town. He, he don't like us too much. Sensible? Well, P.S. for him. Pardon? Tough sledding. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I get it. Yeah, you know, Smiley, I I think the two of us are going to have a long and prosperous association. (laughs) Shoot, I got ten more Triple X features in the works right now. No. I got girls coming to me begging to break into movies. Yeah? Yeah, you heard of the casting couch, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> I may have to rent me a warehouse full of couches. <laughs> no refund.
5: It's me, your star. Is that any
3: amazing... <laughs> Oh,
1: hi there, Sheriff.
3: Miss Blue, come on in. I've no refunds. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'd offer you a seat, but uh, we're all full up. <laughs> Maybe, Mr. Sucker wouldn't mind standing. Hey, no, no, I like it right where I am. Well, here, sit, sit here.
4: No, thank you. I won't be staying long. Manny, I got something
3: to say to you. Hey, no dialogue. The
0: script says no dialogue.
3: Why don't you <laughs> shut up and listen? Oh, easy, you know, Sheriff, that badge don't give you the right to put people around. Well, I'll take it off. You should be used to that. Okay, Lawman. man. Hey, oh. hold
4: it, hold it. Oh. it, Damn it. anybody listen to me? Oh...
3: My lamp She broke my lamp She wanted to tell you she's quitting Show. Tucker, I can't make you leave You haven't broken any laws, so I can't jail you You just finish up your important business with Smiley here And go on back to where you came from Because I'll tell you one thing My job is to protect everyone here in Middlepoint No matter who they are And you're making my job awful
7: hard What he can, and no mind makes exceptions for you. You learn to stay on your guard, looking after your part. You learn boots, nuts, to the back of your gym. Like my daddy told, when you go out in the cold, you're not down there to take in the view. You keep respect for the mind concentrate all the time. Of course, beech nuts are the lack you chew. What makes beech nuts such a traditional favorite? It's cause beech nuts just keeps on getting better. It's a moisture, more satisfying chew. Next time you're buying chewing tobacco, try beechnut. You won't be disappointed. Then when your shift's done, you come back to the sun. You and the boy's oyster to you. It ain't such a bad life. She ain't such a bad wife. You got your beach nut tobacco in a you?
3: Leo? Leo? Sheriff, sure, uh, Elsie and me come home a little while ago. We had a change of heart. Uh, we wanted to see Ellen, our little girl. Uh, we, we didn't know she was going to be here at the house. See, we, uh, we found her in her bed like she was sleeping. Only we can't wake her. I'll, I'll get the doctor. It's
1: too late, Sheriff. Sure. Our
3: little girl's cold. <laughs> She's dead. Smiley! Open up, it's Sheriff Peters! Oh, come in, come in. Oh, what's the trouble, Al? It's six in the morning. I just got to bed. Get dressed. Be at town hall in half an hour. I'm calling a meeting. Oh, what, what's going Where's on? Where's Tucker? How should I know? Well, where is he? He's in a hotel somewhere. Oh, are you drunk? Yeah, I'll find him myself. Now get going.
1: All right, all right.
3: Open up. It's the sheriff. Sansa, open this door.
1: Oh, what's the meaning of this? You got me out of
3: bed. Tucker, not you again. I heard you were around. You, you boys acquainted? Are you kidding? We toured together for years. I wouldn't say toured. Debated is more like it. You can call it what you like, Senator Bar. If it wasn't for me, you'd be out of business. If it wasn't for me, there'd be no one to stop you. Oh, come on, don't make me laugh. I'm beginning to understand. Thank you, thank you. Now, now, I reckon just about everyone here knows me. If you don't, I'm Al Peters, Sheriff of Middle Point. I've lived here all my life, and I like it here. I ain't strayed far, but I know things are different in other parts. Well, lately things have been different here, too. I'm sure all of you know that Smiley Grant over here has been showing new kinds of moving pictures in his theater. Now some of you gonna see him, but some of you haven't. As long as Smiley's not letting in juveniles, people underage, he's not breaking any law. Folks either pay their money and watch or they don't. Then Mr. Sensiball here comes to Middle Point and says Smiley shouldn't be allowed to show those movies at all. Now, now, Joe Baker, he shows movies, too, and has for a long time. All kinds, but mostly westerns and war movies. I lost my brother Paul in the war. I loved that boy. Last time I saw him, he had a hole in him big enough to drive a truck through. I don't go to war pictures no more. But Joe Baker can show him. That's the way I see it. Oh, hey, it's that kind of talk that confuses people. I'm not confused, Mr. Sensible. You can sit down now. And you can stop clapping, Mr. Tucker, because you ain't going to like what I got to say. There's been a murder in Middlepoint.
6: Now hold it
3: down, everyone, hold it down. I've been out to the Whitehead place an hour ago. Bernadette Blue was killed last night. What? What? That's right, Mr.
1: Tucker. Well, who killed her? Why aren't you out looking for the man who did it?
3: Because the killers are here, in this room. What are you looking at me for? Tucker, he did it. No, Tucker didn't kill no one. He's been in town all night. That's right, I got witnesses. You have witnesses. We're all witnesses to what happened. Sheriff, speak English. Be glad to. I had a talk with Ellen Whitehead yesterday. Seems like no one else cared about what she had to say. She told me how it was for her after she left Middle Point a few years back. She wanted to be an actress in Hollywood. You know, a lot of girls have that dream, I guess. Well, Mr. Tucker here put Ellen Whitehead into the movies. He called her Bernadette Blue. You might say he took advantage of her. Now, wait a minute, Sheriff. She came to me. And you paid her a fair wage, right? She needed me, not the other way around. She needed you. You needed him. He needed us. But who needed Bernadette Blue?
1: Well, so, who killed her?
3: This is the murder weapon.
1: What is
3: that? A bottle of sleeping pills. Empty. Well, she didn't get them from me. They were hers. Then you're saying that she killed herself? It wasn't Tucker? I'm saying that it was Tucker. What? And you, and me, and everyone here. And still nobody seems to give a damn. Well, I'm through with my speech. If anyone's interested, the funeral's tomorrow. Mr. and Mrs. Whitehead might appreciate some of their neighbors coming. You all can decide that for yourselves.
6: I, I need a
1: camera. You? Yes, I, I need a camera, and I, uh-huh. I'm i going to Afghanistan to hunt rocks, and Rock. I need a small uh, camera that fits in the pockets that takes <laughs> big, and clear pictures.
4: Good. I I have have exactly what you're looking for. I have six different models of the Kodak Pocket Instamatic camera.
1: That's wonderful. Uh I'm going to take the native railway for two weeks and then get off and walk for six months over sharp rocks, so I don't want anything big and and bulky, but I... Uh
5: Look,
4: I I have a Kodak Pocket Instamatic 20.
5: It weighs about four ounces. That sounds good. Uh What kind of rocks are you, honey? Diamonds. Oh, so am
6: I. The Kodak Pocket Instamatic camera. Big, sharp, clear pictures from a camera that slips into your pocket. Six different models starting at less than
1: $23. The Kodak Pocket Instamatic Camera. One must be prepared to endure incredible hardships. Yeah. And and success is not inevitable. I've returned home many times Mm empty-handed.
5: So have I.
1: (laughs) I'm Rod Serling. Close your eyes. Exercise your imagination. And join us again on our next presentation of... Zero Hour.
2: Mind of the Beholder is an original radio drama by Kim Weisskopf. Lyle Wagoner was heard as Al Peters. Featured in the cast were Jane Webb, Jack Crucian, Frank Nelson, and Alan Bergman. Zero Hour, created by J. M. Collis, directed by Don Hills, is produced in Hollywood for the Mutual Broadcasting System a Radio Productions, Incorporated. Music is composed and conducted by Stanley D. Hoffman, Rochelle Sherman Associate Producer. This has been a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System. Oh, well. Presenting The Whisperer, starring Carlton Young. The Whisperer, a brilliant man who, losing his voice in an accident which crushed his vocal cords, worked his way deep within the crime syndicate to help destroy it from within. To the underworld, his familiar rattling hiss is the voice of authority to be obeyed without question. Then, a miracle of surgery performed by Dr. Benjamin Lee restored his natural voice, enabling him to resume his real identity. Now, as Philip Galt, aggressive young attorney, he skirts the thin edges of death living his dual role. For as the whisperer, he sets in motion the forces of the syndicate in Central City. Then, as Philip Galt uses his knowledge to fight the organized network of crime which seeks to control the fate of millions in cities and towns across the nation. (laughs) The only person besides Dr. Lee who knows the Whisperer's real identity is the doctor's nurse, Ellen Norris. Now in the doctor's office, she listens as Philip Galt, as the Whisperer, reports to his superiors in the syndicate. Central City
8: reporting. Go ahead, Central City. Instructions given to Lorenzo. Stay on top of this one, Central City. Seven previous attempts to kill Doty have failed. Call back
6: next time. It had better be to report that Doty is dead. Well, that doesn't sound
4: so good. Something wrong, Phil?
6: The syndicate sounds unhappy.
4: Do they suspect you've been working against them?
6: I doubt it. Otherwise, I'd suddenly develop a hole in the chest about three feet wide.
4: Phil, something's always bothered me about your setup with the syndicate.
6: What is that, Ellen?
4: Uh, Don't they know that you're really Philip Gold?
6: No. You see, Ellen, when I first went to work for the syndicate, I gave them a fictitious name. That accident in college had wrecked my voice, and the only sound I could make was that horrible rattling whisper.
4: How well I remember. The first time I heard it, goosebumps six inches high came up all over me.
6: (laughs) It affects most people that way. Naturally, my nickname became The Whisperer, and the news spread quickly throughout the underworld.
4: When did you receive your law degree?
6: Before the accident to my vocal cords. I'd about given up hope of ever talking again when I met Dr. Lee.
4: After you left the office that first day, he said he'd do anything in the world to restore your voice. He said that such an affliction could turn a man against society.
6: He's a wonderful man, Ellen. After he performed the operation, which restored my speech, I saw an opportunity to resume my real identity as Philip Galt, lawyer.
4: And fight against the syndicate. That's right. Phil, I've... I've never asked you this, but... Well, maybe I shouldn't, but... Ask
6: me anything you want, Ellen. I'll answer it if I can.
4: Uh... Phil, did you... I mean, have you ever... Killed for the syndicate?
6: No, Ellen. I've never broken a single law or done anything illegal for them. They may be their voice, and I pass along their instructions. I never help in their plans for crime.
4: I'm glad.
6: Now, I'd better call Dodie. To warn him? Yes. The syndicate has attempted to kill him on seven different occasions, but each time he's escaped. They fastened bombs to his car, shot at him from ambush, tossed dynamite into his home, and planted landmines in his driveway. He has almost as many lives as a cat.
4: I hope his luck holds out.
9: How do you know about me? I know more about the syndicate than they realize I don't know who you really are But I do know you're their finger man You say a name and right away someone gets fitted for a halo And a celestial license for a non-stop takeoff The syndicate has... Mark me for death, I know After a baker's half dozen tries in my life That's scarcely news But your calling is Okay, so it's a warning and I appreciate it But the syndicate wouldn't appreciate it They're stuffy that way they found out about this, you take a foot bath in 30 feet of water. Well, how am I gonna get it?
5: I don't know. Just be careful.
9: Friend, I sleep with three eyes open. My two and an electric one. I wear rear view mirrors on my shoulders when walking, a bulletproof vest that reaches from my neck to my ankles, and I wouldn't shake hands with my own mother. What else do you suggest? Just be careful. Yeah. Good luck. Thanks for the warning. Don't worry. I won't tip my lid that you're pulling a double cross. I hope you live longer than I expect to. Whoever you are, you're
6: a good joe. There's a man I could like.
4: Why are they trying so hard to kill him?
6: Because they're like an octopus or a dictator. They don't want any competition or free enterprise. James Doty runs an honest club, and consequently it's very profitable. His weekly take is in the thousands. They want a lion's share, and he refuses to pay their tribute. I don't blame him. Ellen... Few people realize how vicious the syndicate really is. Imagine what happens if they gain control of all the big entertainment enterprises. Each place then becomes a headquarters for illegal gambling, betting, slot machines, marijuana and narcotic traffic, and a thousand other vices that weaken the moral structure of our nation. Is
4: it really that
6: bad? Yes, and it's getting worse. Doty is a symbol to all honest club owners. He's resisted to the syndicate and he's still alive. Others are gaining courage from his actions. That's why he has to die. With him gone, the syndicate knows that others will be afraid to hold out.
4: After seven attempts on his life, you'd think he'd weaken.
6: The man is stubborn. I admire him.
4: Then how are you going to help him?
6: Find out who Lorenzo is, where he's staying, and how he intends to make the kill. Quite an order. It is. I'm going to my office to make a few phone calls. How about lunch? On you? I'll put it on the syndicate's expense account. No. All right. Then I'll pay for it for my lawyer's fees.
4: I'll be there at 12 noon on the dot. (laughs)
2: Meanwhile, across town, Lorenzo, the killer imported by the syndicate for the murder of Doty, hangs up the receiver after receiving his instructions from the whisperer.
8: Ah, this is it, baby.
7: All right, let's put the show on the road. Let's bam, lamb, and scram. Will
8: you stop? Relax, honey. Take it easy and drop that phony Broadway jargon. You've never been closer to Broadway than Philly. Besides, it marks you for an out-of-towner.
4: Can I help my fast pattern?
8: Yeah, when I found you in Georgia, you sounded like Miss Molasses of
4: 1941. forty-one. Y'all mean, I should just, ooh, peaches and cream. No,
8: don't make a production, honey. Play it straight. I'll fill in the jokes, because this is the big break.
4: That's all I've heard since I hitched my wagon to that watery pinpoint of light you laughingly call a star. Oh, it
8: takes time. You've had it. Honey, will you shut up? I've got an angle. This is the third i I've done for the syndicate. Three G's each. Chicken and...
4: feed.
8: Well, you're the chicken it fed.
4: Coney Islands, I want steak.
8: Coming up. One steak so thick and tender and juicy, you'll have it for the rest of your life.
4: Well, pardon me if I don't run out and buy a gallon of steak sauce.
8: Can the lip, lip, and listen. I've worked for the syndicate, piecework, swimming shallow. Now I want to dive over my head into the thick gravy. We
4: call it potluck on the south.
8: Well, by any name, it means dough. When I was told to be here for this job, I came early. I've been nosing around. I got an angle.
7: You've had a million angles, but they always turn into curves. Three strikes, you're out. Ah,
8: not this time. Now, get this. Syndicate angles have been fallen through thanks to a certain fella in Central City. He stays undercover, but I find that on each job he's been somewhere around when they fell through. Go on. I'm sent here to bump off a nightclub owner named Doody. So I bump him off and figure the angle to where this local yokel gets hooked for the rub.
7: This Doty is so cagey he won't even open a package of laundry till he soaks it in water. I got an angle. Angles, angles. Let's play it straight
4: just once and see what happens. All right,
8: here it is. This local yokel is well-liked. He's respected. Mm-hmm. If he calls Doty and asks for an appointment, Doty will fall for it.
4: And, of course, local just does anything you want him to. Yeah. Mm.
8: After he gets a glimpse of you. Mm-hmm. He makes the appointment, we go in, I shoot Dodie and hang it on the yokel, and I graduate into the syndicate.
7: You graduate, all right. Magna cum laude.
4: Where did you think of that hunk of nothing?
8: Figure this angle. I get rid of two partridges with one pebble.
5: Uh Huh? Might work at that. It will,
8: it will. I figured all the angles. Now, you call this number. Mm -hmm. When the yokel answers, you ask him to meet you in the lobby downstairs.
4: How do you know he'll Come.
8: Oh, with a voice like yours and what I'll have you say, you can't miss.
4: Okay. Oh, and what's this local local's name?
8: Philip Galt.
4: Here I am, right on the dot.
6: And nothing shall stand in the way of our lunch, I promise. Oh, no, let it ring, you promise. But, darling, it may be important. It isn't your private line to syndicate, is it? No, it's the local line. Then I'll see if it's important.
4: Hello?
5: Hello, y'all. Oh, no. Um, may I speak to Mr. Gall, please? You
4: all sure can, honey. Who is it? Some woman with a southern accent, too lousy even for television. Here.
6: <laughs> Hello. Mr. Gall, my name's Georgina
4: Murray. I want to
6: talk to you. I'm a good listener. Go oh, not
4: over the phone. Could you meet me at the Central Hotel lobby in half an hour?
6: What's this about?
4: Well, I'm not sure, but I think I overheard two men planning to kill someone by the name of... Dirty.
6: Don't say another word. Could be dangerous. Oh, I know you.
5: I've seen your i
6: know you. Perhaps we could have lunch. <clears throat> oh, I guess that wouldn't work. I'll be right down.
4: Oh, she sounds very interesting. Funny
6: thing about voices, Ellen, she's probably 60 ish with a whiskey groan in her voice and crow's feet three feet deep around her eyes.
4: Until then, I might have stayed here. But crow's feet three feet deep, hmm, that I gotta see. <laughs> Oh, now you can tell me what Miss Bloomer Girl of 1910 had to say.
6: She thinks she overheard a plot against Doty's life.
4: What do you mean, she thinks? Either she did or she didn't.
6: If she did, it's our only lead on Lorenzo.
4: Oh, you may enter her dovecote and have the drawbridge fall
6: on you. That's possible. But she sounded sincere. So
4: does a duck call. But just remember what happens to the ducks.
6: I will my feathers to you.
4: I'll know what to do with them.
6: You better wait here. She has any information, I'll bring her to the car and we'll get her story on the wire recorder.
4: I know. When she starts to talk, I press the lighter. And everything she says is recorded for posterity. Phony, accent, and all.
6: Right. Now turn it off, and while you're waiting, you can listen to the police call.
4: Oh! Oh! There's a short in the short wave. He took my arm off.
6: Listen to the radio then.
4: All right, but if this darn thing. Oh!
6: Uh, Never mind. I'll have it fixed later. I better go on in. This won't take more than a minute or two. Mr. Gall, You were Miss Murray?
4: Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you came. I'm
6: frightened. Suppose we step out to my car.
4: Oh, no, no. I won't stir a step outside. One of the men suspects I overheard.
6: But it's perfectly safe. Oh, Mr.
4: Gall, if you prefer, I'll call the police with this information. I should have anyway, but I read about you and I thought...
6: Where we should... shall we talk?
4: Come on. Down this corridor, there's a little alcove where no one can see us from the lobby. I'll be safe there and we can't be overheard.
6: Isn't this a little melodramatic?
4: Not when my life's in danger. It's just around this corner. When did you first
6: overhear Keep this... Keep moving, company? Galt. Don't turn around. How oh, do no, I know that isn't a pencil you're holding it between my shoulders? Well, that's the jackpot question. You know the answer? Not without prompting.
8: Into this sample room. Oh, nice going, baby.
4: All in a day's work. Now what?
8: Galt, you can live or die right in this room. It's up to you. I've had better offers.
6: What's the pitch?
8: Pick up that phone, call James Doty, and get an appointment with him.
6: Why should he see me?
8: Oh, because you're tops in this town. You're respected. Social register. He won't suspect you. And? Get the appointment and you'll live. At least for a while.
6: Hand me the phone. Ah, yes, my boy. Shall I mention that I'm bringing two friends? No, no, that'd make him suspicious. You
8: worry about the appointment. Let me worry about the rest. (laughs) Now, golf, when we get there, play it natural. No funny looks or signals at the gate.
6: You seem to know a lot about Doty's estate. Oh, I do.
8: There's an electric gate. When he expects company, he tells the gateman who presses a button and the gate opens. How
2: about the gateman?
8: We'll worry about him when we get there.
2: You better start worrying, because there he
8: is. You do the talking, golf, and make
6: it good. I'm betting my life on it's being good. You are? You are at that. Hello there. I'm Philip Gold, and I have an appointment with Mr. Doty.
9: Just a minute. Who's that with you?
6: Oh, uh, These are two acquaintances of mine.
9: Mr. Doty didn't say anything about that. Oh, of all
6: the
8: rotten luck, we have to be mighty that's careful Toby now. Ward.
9: You know him? Been we were trigger men made made for Dutch Alperger. He'll never let him in. Sit tight. open the main gate and let him in. Not that I don't trust you, Mr. Gold.
8: It's just that... Hello, Toby. Jake Lorenzo. You're triggering for the syndicate. I hate to do it, Toby, but...
5: Oh!
8: Business is business.
5: That
8: was cold-blooded murder. Sure. Remember it when you want to play hero. Now ease through those gates. Act like nothing happened. If
6: Doty gets suspicious, you get it first. Doesn't take much imagination to guess what's going to happen inside the house. Well, you behave real good, and I'll do you a favor. You get it
8: last. So far, so good. Delight touch, friend. Oh, my, what a beautiful estate. Georgina, say something, you fool.
4: Hmm? Oh, yes, well,
7: beautiful. These flower beds are gorgeous. I just love hyacinths, don't you, Mr. Gould?
6: Every flower is beginning to look like a lily. <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> yes? Mr. Dougherty, I'm Philip Gault.
9: I recognize you, but... Uh... Who are these people with you? Oh, there. My name that... is
8: Lorenzo. This is my wife, Georgina. You didn't mention them when you called. I'm sorry for that oversight. Oh, please forgive him. We prevailed upon him to ask us when we learned he was coming to see you. I don't
9: usually welcome
8: strangers here. Well, that's completely understandable, Mr. Doty. And if you prefer, my wife and I can stay outside and admire your beautiful estate. If you're afraid of it... <laughs> oh!
2: Steady,
8: steady, Duke.
2: Duke! He looks more like citation.
9: He won't harm you unless you start exploring.
8: Well, that eliminates my suggestion to explore the grounds. If you prefer, we can stand here in the doorway.
9: How did you get past
8: my gateman? He thought that any guests of Mr. Galt would be welcome. I assure you he would have called you if he'd
9: thought there was anything amiss. Well, that sounds logical. You'll have to excuse my suspicion.
4: No, it's completely understandable, Mr. Doty.
9: Just a moment while I unlock the door.
4: You certainly don't take chances, Mr. Doty.
9: I can't afford to. I'm only allowed one mistake. and That'll be the one which killed me. Yeah, come in, please. <gasps> oh! What's that? I forgot to turn off the electric eye. Anyone who gets past the door sets it off. I know how to avoid it, but you didn't. This alarm has an extension down at the gatehouse. I'll have to call the gateman and tell him nothing's wrong. Otherwise, we will come tearing up here and someone's liable to get hurt.
8: There's no need for that. Funny.
9: He doesn't answer.
8: Just put the phone down. He won't be answering. Now or ever.
9: Oh. This time, the syndicate outsmarted me. I'm afraid they did, Mr. Doughty. You're pretty clever, golf. You fooled me completely. I always admired you, but at that time, I thought you were a man, not a rat. Oh, you have him wrong, Doughty. I needed someone to get me in here. He was just the
6: local yokel I picked for the job. He had that gun in my back all the time I was asking you for the appointment.
9: I see. Been watching for a break. Any time, Galt.
6: I'd like to make up for this if I can, Doty. Any ideas? You go for your gun and I'll rush him. Don't oh, no,
3: try it, Doty. Oh, oh, no. Now it's your turn, oh, Galt. Could be, it, but,
2: but I
5: feel... George, Georgina! No, Georgina! You... Name it. No. The flower huh? Rick! No! Not... Let him... Uh, no! Have it! No. Right.
8: Good girl. He'll be out for a nice long time. I'll just wipe off my gun. Wrap his hand around it. Ah. Now, my dear. Call to the police. And the headlines will read, Doty slain by a local lawyer. Philip Galt starts one-way trip to electric chair.
2: You are listening to The Whisperer, the story of Philip Galt, who skirts the thin edges of death, living his dual role. Having passed on the syndicate's instruction to kill James Doty, the club owner, Philip Galt, alias The Whisperer, has become the victim in Lorenzo's scheme to work his way into the syndicate. Now Philip lies unconscious on the floor of Doty's living room, his hand around the murder weapon. Lorenzo and Georgina, having called the police, are gone.
5: Phil! Phil! Oh, Phil! He's alive. Where's that ampule? <coughs> Phil. Got to take it away. The ampule will help. him. <coughs> what happened?
6: I... Uh, Lorenzo shot Doty, and this girl hit me with a flower pot.
4: But the gun's in your hand.
6: It's framing you for the murder.
4: Oh, maybe it isn't murder, Phil. Mm-hmm. Doty alive. Here, give me a hand.
6: Groggy, can you help Doty? I'll
4: see.
6: I'll give you a hand. We'll rush him to the hospital. You
4: mustn't be moved. I'm fixing a compress.
6: How bad is it?
4: I'm only a nurse, but... I think he'll live.
6: I can make a stretcher, and together we can... police
4: physician can do it better than we.
6: Police physician? Of
4: course. Lorenzo undoubtedly called the police before he left. They should arrive any time now. There. There, that's all I can do for him. Now, you've got to get away from here.
6: I can't leave Dodie like this. It's my fault it happened. We
4: can't worry about that now. He's in no immediate danger, and you are. Lieutenant Denver's would like to find you here. But Dodie... Phil, I'm a nurse. I would never leave a dying man, not even to help save you. He'll be all right until the police division gets here.
9: But don't you Now see... stop
4: arguing and come on.
6: Okay. How did you know I was here?
4: I took a chance. When you didn't come back to the car and I couldn't find where you'd gone, I drove out here. I'll drive. You're still shaking. Fine with me. I saw the body of the guard. The gate open, and I came on in. Bill, what in the world are we going to do?
6: I'm going to my office and call the syndicate. I'll tell him Lorenzo bungled and have him phone me. When he does, I'll try to find out where he is and then see if we can't trap a confession from him. Let's turn on the short wave and see if there are any police calls. Oh, I forgot about that short. Bill,
4: that isn't all we forgot. The gun. It's back there on the floor.
6: But we we can't go back. Your
4: fingerprints are on it.
6: Look, there's a squad car now. Turn up the street. I don't want to be seen.
4: Bill, we have to find Lorenzo and trap him before Lieutenant Dembers can trace those fingerprints.
6: And before Lorenzo gets out of town. Lorenzo's still in town.
4: Phil, as far as Lorenzo knows, he's in no danger. That's true. Well, then, where would he stay when the syndicate orders him to call your private number?
6: In his hotel room. Come on. He'll be waiting for me to answer his call as the whisperer, but instead he'll receive a surprise visit from Philip Galt.
4: But Phil, you haven't told me what you're planning.
6: I'll walk into his room and let him get the drop on me.
4: Isn't that taking an unnecessary risk?
6: I don't think so. He won't kill me in the hotel room. He'll probably force me to drive him out of town where he can get rid of me without witnesses.
4: You're making it easy for him. You know that.
6: Once I get him in my car, I'll plug in the cigarette lighter which turns on the wire recorder. All this conversation from that point will be evidence to use against him.
4: But after you do that, how will you get his gun away from him?
6: I'll worry about that later. Here's his room. Here goes...
5: Lorenzo, it's gone.
8: Hey, how did you... Your frame didn't work, Lorenzo. Maybe this one will. A gun. I always carry two, baby. Probably my own gun. That's right. I took it from you when I left you with Dodie's body.
7: That was stupid of you, Mr. Gaul, to walk in unarmed. I'm ashamed of you.
8: I'm not a gangster by trade. Well, you should be. You'd learn that if one frame slips, another one may not. Where's your car? Come on, remember the gateman. It's hot in front. Ellen, your chick is smarter than you. We'll all go out quiet-like and get in the car... Then, when we're all comfy, we'll take a little trip.
5: This is
4: Phil's Mm car. Nice. Your law work must be good.
8: Was good. Georgina, you two girls, get in the back. We'll ride up front.
3: Perhaps you'd better drive.
8: Give you a chance to take me? No, thanks. Phil. Shut up. Now we'll take it easy, you obey all traffic laws, and head for the country. You girls comfortable back there?
4: Could I open a window? What for? It's stuffy. Besides, your mother is wearing horrible perfume. It smells like Corral number five. Oh, or is it Atter of course? You little shrub, I'll scratch your hennaed hair out. Stop
8: it. Can't you see she's trying to divert our attention so Dalton make a play?
4: Oh, just let me call one good one down the face. Oh, go mangle a magnolia. Please, Jake, let me strangle her. I've hated nurses since
7: I had to recite a poem about Florence Nightingale in the third grade. Shut up.
8: Next one that peeps gets a mouthful of pistol barrel.
6: Lorenzo. Keep how your hands
8: the... on the wheel. I
6: was only going to suggest
8: a cigarette. Huh. Ah. Well, here, I'll stick one in your stupid face. Thanks. Right. Lighter on the dash. Lighter? Where about? Oh, yeah, sure. Well,
6: I'll hand it to you, Lorenzo.
8: You outsmarted me. Opposing me is like studying clarinet with Ted Lewis. No percentage in it. You local yokels, yokels are pushovers for big-timers. The syndicate? Yeah. You in solid with them? I wasn't. Till today. Now I can write my own ticket. Why did you pick me? The frame fitted. I was sent here to knock off Dodie, and I did. Lorenzo, you talk too much. So who can prove it? Did you have to kill the gateman, too? Well, there was no way out. <laughs> Boy, was he surprised when I let him have it.
2: I still say you talk too much. All
8: right, so I talk too much. I framed you, Galt, because you put the kibosh on several syndicate projects. They don't know about you, but when I tell them you're out of the
6: way, I'll be aces. There's just one thing wrong with all this, Lorenzo. Dodie isn't dead. Who are you kidding? You didn't kill him. He's in the hospital right now. When he regains consciousness, he'll tell who really shot him. What are you trying to pull? Nothing. There's a shortwave radio there, tuned to the local police frequency. I'll bet you my bottom dollar they're putting out a description of you right now. Yeah, baloney. Now turn it on and see. You have nothing to lose. All right. I will. Now!
2: Take care of Georgina. With pleasure. I'll kill you. brother. it. i kill you. Drop it or I'll break your wrist. Uh, Jake! Jake!
8: Oh, Is there
1: anything I can do? I'm oh. afraid, not, Alice.
8: <laughs> all right, baby. It's just another angle turned into a curve. <gasps>
4: This is one day I'm happy to have behind
6: me. Mm, So am I. I got a bit hectic for a while.
4: Lieutenant Denvers was one surprised man when he listened to that wire recording of what happened in the car.
6: The only good thing about the entire mess was that Lorenzo said I had been getting into the syndicate's hair. If Denvers thought I had any syndicate connections, those doubts evaporated when he heard that.
4: I'm not so sure, Phil. He's nobody's fool. Let's just say he's reassured. Temporarily.
6: I shudder to think what would happen if the syndicate gets control of all the big clubs around the country. They'd have hundreds of thousands of dollars with which to try to corrupt public officials, fix elections, and gain a greater control of this country.
5: Well,
4: as long as there are people who have the courage to fight them, as you and James Doty fight them, maybe there's hope that the rest of us will wake up and join in someday.
6: You've always got to be on guard against their angles. But right now, as Lorenzo said, I'm more interested in a curve than an angle.
5: Oh, a curve? Why, Phil.
6: That's right. The curve of a T-bone steak on a nice oval platter. Oh. Circle
8: 1798. Central City reporting. Go ahead, Central City. For further instructions, call Los Angeles at midnight. Los Angeles at midnight.
2: The Whisperer is based upon stories and characters created by Stetson Humphrey. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Carlton Young is starred as The Whisperer, Betty Moran is Ellen. Others in tonight's cast were Betty Lou Gerson, Byron Kane, and Bernard Phillips. Original music by Johnny Duffy. The Whisperer was written, produced, and directed by Bill Carn. This is Don Rickles inviting you to listen next week to another exciting adventure with... It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC.
0: That's the Relic Radio Show for this week. Hope you enjoyed today's selections. You can find more from The Whisperer, The Zero Hour, The Relic Radio Show, and thousands of other old-time radio shows at relicradio.com. you find our shoutcast stream there and a donate button. We'd like to help support this and all of the shows. Give that button a click or visit donate.relicradio.com to see what downloadable sets we have for certain donation amounts, though any amount is always appreciated and helpful. Thanks to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me today. Be back next Tuesday with another hour of the Relic Radio Show.